When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Usually every Saturday from 3 to 6, but today I'm on live Easter Sunday. Happy Easter. 12 to 2, we are, as always, digging in. Nothing's easy on this show. Only listen if you want to think or even uh, exchange ideas. So you can call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I just got a text from my sister who said, I'm driving, so I can't tweet, but she can text. No, just kidding. She does it, she does it hands-free. I know, I've seen it. She says, I think you might be scaring people away from going to confession. Just kidding, just kidding. Uh, actually sounds like you have a good time in there. And Binkley was a little <laughs> put off too as I was talking about the um, about going to confession because I was I actually I actually went to this priest because he's so erudite and I had like some deeper questions and as I was talking to him, he said, you want to do confession? And then I was like, ah, I'm not really prepared. You're supposed to reflect on it. So then he started going through the Ten Commandments. Like, that's that only happens to me once before. So um, anyway, can't, you know, I'm not the person to ask about, like, theological stuff, which is probably why I was asking him questions. And I really do struggle with this, like, idea, this personal relationship with God but I live, you know, I practice, I, I really believe that without God, there isn't hope. So I live in hope and I, and I hope that I'll get where I need to go. But like my mother always said, she didn't, she doesn't even like, you know, me, I'm like this truth seeking rabbit hole explorer. I can't stop trying to figure out all the answers. So what's this? What's that? You know, but my mom says she never does that, that she just decided when she was 19 that it was a better way to live. And I have to say, I think it is a better way to live. And I think the fact that we have this spiritual imperative, this moral imperative is evidence that that there's more more going on, you know, that that either more going on individually on a spiritual level or that our society requires this kind of goodness. And either way, the benefits of raising your kids like this, you know, I, I guess, I guess I feel like the best I'm going to do is just accept it. And even that's kind of hard for me, as you might notice when I, I just, it's hard for me to accept stuff. It's hard for me to accept that the Notre Dame fire is an accident on the first day of Holy Week in total destruction of the most valuable thing in, in, that in all of France, probably hard to believe. But I do, uh, I want to get into that. I want to first let, let me take Linda. She's been on, uh, waiting to talk. So Linda, you are on with Monica. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. 
I love your show. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I wanted to mention, because uh, you were talking about Notre Dame and the tearing down of the old religion mm-hmm. and the building up of a new world religion. And that's yep. actually, uh, I, I know a lot of different religions, the Protestant, Catholic, and there is, that is scriptural. And many people believe that, you know, it's called the last days. There will be an antichrist. It's the ecumenicalism. I know Catholicism, I think John Paul II maybe kind of promoted ecumenicalism, which some people disagree with that. It should be, I think the idea for Catholics, I, my uncle was a priest and he used to tell me like the kind of pre-Vatican II stuff, that ecumenicalism was that Catholicism, Catholic Church means the universal church, is that everyone was supposed to become Catholic. So I'm right. not saying that's true, but that's what, like for the Catholics, I think that that is a valid idea, but you're saying it's, it's, that's not what you're saying. You're not saying there is a religion everyone's supposed to be. You're saying we're all just supposed no. to be one religion. What is that religion? Well, what, what it, it's more that, uh, there's a, a one world religion that is anti-God that will be established in the future. And that's the process we're actually going through you know, we're seeing right before our eyes is that there will be an Antichrist that will uh, establish a new world religion, but it will be anti-God. He will establish himself as God. And I absolutely uh, think that the syncretic religion that I'm talking about, that I, that I saw emerging, like without what you're saying, I just see it. And so uh, it's not, to me, it is, it is I, secular at best. Yes, and it's it's actually anti God, anti Christ. Right. They call him the Antichrist, yeah. and this is a this is in scripture. It is prophecy. It's in Revelation. It's in the New Testament that we'll see that happen in the last days. And it, and many people believe what we're seeing right now, it, as you were talking about the tearing down of the church, there'll be a great apostasy. Many people will fall away from, you know, the traditional. Uh, doctrine of the church to take on all kinds of doctrines and, and eventually just as will be established a new uh, world religion that is in uh, uh, the Antichrist will be well, you have to worship the Antichrist. You no longer worship God. And you see that in, in countries where they take religion out and, and the the dictator or whoever it is is considered, I mean, his image is everywhere, and he is considered God, you know, and, and they, they want to uh, take religion out of that society. I, I and, actually, I, yeah, yes, I see that, and I, I would say it's even, um, even without an individual, I, I often think about the idea in Revelations that you need the mark of the beast in order to interact in the marketplace, and that when you look at what's happening with social media and credits, if you watch that show, that British show, Black Mirror, uh, if you see that they'll shut down your access to banking if you don't do what they want, that um, so like if states have drug laws that differ from federal laws, they were keeping people from being able to use banking, Venezuela, like it was having problems accessing the world marketplace. And to me, though, it's not even like the religion that they're that 
that that represents that religion becoming one with the world government and i feel like it all smacks of religion environmentalism uh even this welfare state stuff so i'm gonna take linda what you're saying and i'm gonna let that sink in i'm gonna keep my eyes open to that i mean it's not that i haven't heard that kind of thing before but i like i need to to pull it, pull it all together because i see the signs I see the signs of how you have to submit, you have to repeat the PC stuff, you have to have that politically correct way of thinking, uh, probably even to stay in a good school. And that is total control over your mind and heart, and you must accept that morality in order to live, in order to engage in the marketplace. And I think it all it's all going to the same place. I do believe we're, we're seeing that emerge before our eyes. Thank you so much for the thought-provoking call. And I am going to go to a, thing, a little more uh, tangible in this Notre Dame stuff. So Binkley and I have been looking at, my producer here, have been looking at some of the implications of the fire at Notre Dame and it launched Holy Week I immediately I mean you expect these things because always something happens on Holy Week something on in Sri Lanka many people died worshiping today there was always that I believe a lot of these events uh, are created to get us to fight each other with uh, from a religious point of view, that's an old kind of CIA trick is to create tribes and religions and overlay this historical or even ancient conflict in order to, you know, kind of they, they region that up in order to get us to fight so that we can force an outcome and still feel like it's moral to force that outcome. So like, I, I don't always trust what you see is what you get with these stories. And the thing about, about Notre Dame, I just, it, it just, it, it's too valuable a thing. Like this idea that government is just totally incompetent is belied by the fact of our FAA and all the airplanes that our government, I mean, they really need those air travel to work for us to have transactions because they tax transactions they tax the productivity that's why they always want the growth 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 they want tax 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 so in france they do want they want revenue and stuff they want to protect their tourism so i so as i started thinking about this notre dame issue and started reading about it there are reasons why they might have wanted this to happen and allowed it to happen or even made it happen. I don't know. But it's not the conspiracy theory that you're that there's another level of things going on here, which is we're being showed the Notre Dame fire. We're being told it's an accident. And then we're being shown conspiracy theories that say it was terrorism. And I believe both of those are distractions from what's really going on. And one of the things that's really going on, well, Regardless, you have to ask the question, qui bono, who's benefiting from this? And if you look at the Notre Dame story, it was in a terrible state of disrepair. There was no money, and there's a lot of protests there that don't want the money to go to be spent on restoring it. They have committees and whatnot. The bureaucracy, they would probably, probably according to their laws, you'd have to restore it. You couldn't destroy it and rebuild it. Then I noticed that it that they were talking about these renovations in the context of the 2024 olympics 
which is coming to Paris. And then as they talked about rebuilding it, they said it would take five years, which is exactly how long they need. And now all of a sudden, this church is a victim. It's an emotional situation so that corporations and oligarchs and rich people all over the world can give tons of money. And what's going to happen when they give tons of money? They're going to have a say in what it looks like. So then you say, well, we have to capitulate. It has to be kind of secular. And people suggesting that this is something that has to do with the Catholic Church are completely wrong. This, the government of France owns that. The church has exclusive perpetual rights to use it as a religious place. But they are not rebuilding it. They have nothing to do with that. I don't even think they have any say over it. So they've, so they're, and it reminds me of one of the conspiracy theories behind the Twin Towers, which is it was full of asbestos. It could not, according to the rules and regulations, the Twin Towers in New York could not be uh, used that it was gonna, it was gonna fail regular, you know, rising regulations. It could not be remediated because it would just be just billions, if not more, just beyond the capacity to really do it. And it couldn't be wired for computers and stuff. And that it couldn't be destroyed because it couldn't be like blown up like it was because of the asbestos. Like regulations would not allow it. You have to basically take it down tile by tile, you know. Uh, it it was just a, a problem. And then when it was destroyed, it got rebuilt into this different building. And some people think, well, somebody benefited from that. I mean, as sick as that thought is, because people died there. Whereas Notre Dame, nobody died uh, from what we've heard. And another, so, so this will yield the result that was desired. And I just think it's it's needful to reflect on that. And we've got some funny audio about conspiracy theories surrounding Notre Dame, to which I do not subscribe, but the audio is pretty funny. So, Binkley, stand by with that. If you want to talk to me, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show, or you can call 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Bring big drama show. Let's go. Let's do it. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Happy Easter. I'm afraid I'm not going to get to all the corporal and spiritual works of mercy because we've got to dig into some uh, uh, important insight on the what's going on with the Notre Dame fire. And uh, I want to do that at the bottom of the hour. So let me just tell you now, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Uh, I already started to feed the hungry, to give drinks to the thirsty, to clothe the naked. The next one, to harbor the harborless at More News One, points out that that is a tricky question um, in the age of the nation state with immigration. Uh, how do you deal with that? So my theme so far with this, or the my struggle really, because I don't have an answer, I'm not trying to tell you, is that in the in the welfare state, it's hard to, sometimes charity is hard. Sometimes these works of mercy are hard to accomplish because there's real conflict. Like one of them is to bear wrongs patiently. If you bear wrongs patiently and the wrong, the wrongdoer is doing evil, like, you know, you got you to gotta strike that balance. So also, if they're taking all your money or a third of your money, then, and they're saying it's for charity, do you, uh, does that relieve you of your obligation to feed the hungry? I don't know, but um, so it's feed the hunger, give drink to thirsty clothes, and they can harbor the harborless, visit the sick, ransom the captive, 
and uh, Bury the Dead. Those are the corporal ones. I'll tell you the spiritual ones right after the break, and I'll take one more call. 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. They think they control the galaxy. I disagree. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6 normally, but today I'm on live, Easter Sunday, Happy Easter, 12 to 2, so uh, we're in the home stretch, but we have lots more to come. I wanted to, if you want to hear the show from the beginning, go to The Prop Report, as in propaganda, The Prop Report. Wednesday mornings we post it, Thursday mornings my producer Binkley and I post our podcast, so you get uh, a lot of good listening, like three hours of commercial-free listening, thank you WSB for some of that. And I just went through the corporal works of mercy. I'm going to rattle off the spiritual works of mercy. Uh, four of them, Wikipedia said these things should not be practiced by non-experts, which just cracked me up. It needs expertise both in content and in tactfulness. I never heard that as a Catholic that you were that you were forbidden that you should not engage in these works of mercy. <laughs> they the four that Wikipedia cautions you against. This is your. This is going to make sense to you, Binkley. To instruct the ignorant, they're like, don't don't dabble with that. To instruct <laughs> the ignorant, to counsel the doubtful. No, no, no. Mustn't let anyone. Uh, you can't um, tell people what you think. To have confidence in the truth. To admonish sinners. Not allowed to do that. And to comfort the afflicted. I don't, I'm not even sure I know what that means. But these are the four things Wikipedia, not the Catholic Wikipedia is a mercy expert, as we all know. Yes, that you should absolutely uh, only only be practiced by experts. Experts, um, and mercy is about compassion. Uh, but the other ones are to bear wrongs patiently. Of course, they want you to do that. To forgive offenses willingly. I have to say, I do say the Our Father a lot to remind me to. Uh, to forgive trespasses because I'm going to need so much of that forgiveness and to pray for the living and the dead, which I did not, uh, I didn't, uh, the priest during that um, quite thorough confession asked me if I honor my mother and my father. I said, well, my father's dead. And he said, well, when was the last time you had masses said for him? So I got some masses said for him, but I just didn't think of like praying for the dead. What does that mean? like you can now this church is very scrupulous about it not being like a buying intentions they they always say mass on in the morning and you don't have to like contribute i do but you don't have to and at every mass they will allow one person to be prayed for and it just takes a long time you have to write the name down in advance, but then they will pray, offer that mass for that person. Now, if they do like 10 of them, they said, this church says that feels like you're selling them. It's one mass and they're just doing it as a, because we, that's what we do. So anyway, I thought it was interesting, but uh, so these are little ways that you can uh, engage in these works of mercy, but you have to think about them. That's why I try to like enunciate them for people, uh, enunciate, whatever, tell people what they are because I think so much of it is just thinking about it, is just being aware. And that's why my father used to say, you have to look for these opportunities uh, because they just, otherwise you miss them. So I thought it was important to say that, uh, to, to keep, to stay focused on Easter, what's really important. 
I want to take a call, then we absolutely have to go to these clips. They're fascinating to me. So let me take Leonardo in Dallas. Hi, Leonardo. You are on with Monica. Hello. Thank you very much for taking my call. I hear you sometimes when I'm able to. So thank you for, and happy Easter to you, too. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I was uh, calling in reference to that lady that called a little while ago about the end times, what's going to happen. Linda. Yes, Linda. And that is true. It's uh, it's in the book of Revelation and in Daniel, the book of Daniel and all that stuff. Um, it, and this is a, a battle, spiritual, actually it's a spiritual battle, but it's going to be with arms and weapons and all that too. It, it, it's a battle between good and evil, between God. the good is God and the evil is the devil, which we know. And um, so it's all written in the Bible in the back of the, the book, especially the book of Revelation. It mentions everything that's going to happen word by word. And this is the revelation of Jesus Christ himself, what's going to happen. This wasn't man-made. This was strictly out of his mouth through John, and he wrote it. And um, Jesus came into the world simply to save man, to save mankind, because of the fall of Adam. He's the second Adam, as we know. And he came into the world that whoever believes in him, this is for whoever. You know, you don't have to, uh, the, the, his, uh, his not, it's not, a, he doesn't, he didn't come to establish a religion. Man made religions up by names of churches and Church of Jesus Christ, the Baptists, the Catholics. He didn't come to establish that. He came that the world, whoever be, would believe in him, and it's not forced upon anybody. All you have to do is believe in him and trust him as your Lord and Savior. And also, he didn't come to condemn the world. He repeated on verse 17, he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So in order for actually a person to understand about the end times, you have to, um, first of all, you have to be saved because these are things that are spiritual. The Bible is, a lot of things are in the natural, the way they used to do it in the Old Testament. They used to kill, you know, the enemies in this. But now it's a battle. It's a different battle. This is a spiritual battle. We uh, we pray against, you know, the, the enemy, against the forces of evil. We pray against them, just like it says in Ephesians. But um, you can't truly understand what's going on without uh, the spiritual insight that only through a, a communion with God, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that you can have otherwise you'll be uh, in the flesh. You'll be uh, comparing, oh, this is what's going on. So, Leonardo, yes. I love yes. I love what you're saying, and I, I'm, I appreciate it, and I uh, welcome the call, and I appreciate it. I, it's out of my... <laughs> it's, now you're out of my league. I am... I do... I do believe that... This is why I was like saying, do the... Just be aware of the works of mercy. I'm beginning... This is actually why I went to see the priest. I was like, I really needs some grounding and some wisdom. I mean, it's not natural to me. I'm not a very spiritual person by nature at all, but I get the difference between good and evil. I get the ability to analyze. I get all that. And I find that when I just give this stuff thought, there is often an answer that's been waiting for me, but I could not see it because it, I wasn't ready for it. So one thing I think that I have said before that I feel like I've observed myself is that Christ's message really uh, an essential, if not the essential thing, was this idea of of it being inclusive, that there isn't this out-group, in-group thing that religions tend to 
need, just like nation states. And I'm not saying tear down the borders or that we're ready for that. I just, I do believe that inclusiveness and everybody being saved or uh, Jesus coming for everyone is, even if you're just, if you're not that spiritual like I am, it does help us understand and live in the world and not fall for this dialectic, which takes those kind of feels like moral conflicts and translates them into immoral action, some wars, subversion, stuff like that. So this kind of a conversation, we really could, I mean, people do dedicate their lives to this stuff. And I really appreciate that you could impart that wisdom to us in this couple of minutes. It's not like it's unheard of what you said. I mean, I, I'm the ignorant one. So you are instructing the ignorant. I appreciate that. And uh, I am. I just have to go to these clips, though, of the Notre Dame thing. And thank you so much, Leonardo. And I am going to. So, so I had said earlier they wanted to redo Notre Dame in time for the Olympics, and there was just too much bureaucracy and not enough money. And the yellow vests are a protest movement in France that have been causing them a lot of trouble. Now, I'm skeptical to the point po possibly of sinfulness, if you want to go there. I'm very skeptical. To the, I'm almost cynical. And it's not good, but if I didn't have so much material that that um, supported my view that most of this stuff is is created by the powers that be in order to manipulate us into policy changes, I wouldn't be this way, but I just, it's constantly bolstered. However, I was reading and listening to various different reports, um, starting with, I usually go or often go to James Corbett. He's just a great researcher, alternative media guy, and he seems to me absolutely honest. So you don't have to agree with him, but it's a good place to start. He's got good judgment. He's smart. And I was reading about the Yellow Vests in France on his website and then clicked through some of the links, and it seems like it might be legit and that the Yellow Vests are emergency vests that all drivers are supposed to carry in their cars. And then a carbon tax uh, was imposed by Macron onto France, even though France produces less than 1% of all the carbon on carbon dioxide emissions on Earth, they have this debilitating tax. They have, they're paying $7 a gallon for gas. And to resist this, they put their yellow vests on and as a sign of resistance. And then they started really getting um, activated. So at one point, tourism was closed down for because of these protests that France does not want the world to know. So maybe closing down Notre Dame during this period where they're revamping it, you know, maybe even transforming that society, uh, it could be all part and parcel of a bigger plan. I don't know. But my theory is that it was it was they let it happen or caused it to happen because they're going to benefit from it. But there's other conspiracy theories going around, which I consider to be, I think they call them red herrings. Like you're supposed to chase after it, even though it's not true. Um, so I've got to play. So I feel, feel like another element of the Notre Dame story is that we are being told and Binkley here pointed out that it's Fox news. And he also pointed out some other interesting stuff. We have to hear the clips first that they are, they are um, turning on the conspiracy theories. So I just, we have to do this. Let's do the Shep Smith. Can I have the first clip, Rachel? And then I'm going to, I might stop you and then start it up again. This is Fox. I think it's a setup. Go. 
Felipe Carcente is on the line with us, a French elected official who is in Paris now. Uh, Felipe, w what what have you seen and what do you know? Well, I was um, I was uh, close to the scene when it happened, and no, I left the place because I, we want to let people work around it. Everybody's really under shock now in France. I would tell you something. It's um, even if nobody no, no, nobody died. I mean, it's like a 9/11. It's a French 9/11, you know, and it's um, it's a big shock. I mean, this uh, church was there for more than 850 years. Uh, even, even the Nazi didn't dare to destroy it. Um, and you need to know that for the past years, we had churches desecrated each and every week in France, all over France. So, of course, you will hear the story about the, the politically correct, uh, political correctness, which will tell you that it's probably an accident. Sir, but sir, sir, I, we're not going to speculate here of the cause of something well, which we don't know. If you have no, observations, if you have observations no. or you know something, we would love to hear it. No, I'm just telling you something. What you need to be ready. No, sir, to... we're not doing that here. Not now. Okay. Not on my watch. Okay. Felipe Carcente, okay. it's very good of you to be here. Uh, we're, we're watching the at least partial destruction of a world icon Notre Dame Cathedral has been burning for two and a half hours. The initial reports we got were that the fire started in a construction zone in the rear. We are thousands of miles away, and the man on the phone with us has absolutely no information of any kind about the origin of this fire, and neither do I. And the fire investigators will at some point come to a determination about what caused this, and conspiracy theories about anything are worthless and in many cases counterproductive and injurious to society and those who entertain them are not acting in the best interests of the people of this planet i gotta explain what i think about that right after the break this is monica perez Monica Perez. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I'm super bummed that we are out of time. Like, I cannot tell you. More bummed than ever, because we just played this two-and-a-half-minute clip by Chef Smith, which we need to play again and talk about. He had a guy on who he introduced as an elected official, but thanks to Binkley's quick research, he discovered the guy was not an elected official. He's a known and controversial conspiracy theorist. So they knew exactly what this guy was going to say, and they used it as an opportunity to shut it down. And Shep said, this guy has no idea what started the fire. That may be true, and I don't think the guy said he, he didn't say he knew what started the fire. What he said was there were a lot of desecrations of churches in France. I've seen the articles. People started tweeting me articles about that right away. And, uh, and he was talking about that. Those are facts in evidence, facts in evidence that Shep Smith shut down. But the other clip that Binkley got for me was Neil Cavuto saying the same thing in the same way to Phil Donahue, not the Phil Donahue, the guy who runs, um, uh, he's a Catholic leader. I forget what organization he runs. Uh, he, they were he was saying the same thing and cavuto was like no we can't no we can't say anything that isn't true and the guy said this is true i'm telling you what's true 
and they shut this stuff down on purpose and they were actually shutting down unpatriotic facts because those people were bringing facts there's so much more to talk about you've got to listen we'll do it on the podcast uh you can listen to this show wednesday and listen to the podcast thursday on the prop report Com. This is Monica Perez. Be back next week, Saturday, 3 to 6. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.